Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers to Me fan club. Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content, such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Osman against Brad Jones to put Liverpool out of the cup and not that Hello, welcome to part two of my chat with former Cobblers forward Martin Smith. If you've not heard part one yet, you might want to pause this and go and listen to that first. In part one, we heard about how Smudger, as he's known, arrived at Northampton Town, his thoughts on then-manager Martin Wilkinson, and how his first game in Claret and White didn't really live up to anyone's expectations. That first game was talking home, it was red hot, and I think that was a big wake-up call for a lot of people. We could be 1-0, I think it could have been a few more. With the 03-04 season not getting off to a particularly good start, Wilkinson was replaced by Colin Calderwood in early October. The Cobblers then found themselves one game away from an FA Cup fourth round tie at home to Man United. Standing in their way? Well, that was Rotherham. I knew quite a few of their players played against them. I knew we had enough to beat them. Playing the game, I, it's one of that. I scored the winner, but I felt like I'd had a really good game as well. I, I think I hit the post in the inside of the post first off. I felt even in the home game we we were as good as them. It won't be the best free kick I've ever hit, but I, I, if you were out wide, I always just try to aim for the far post, and if everybody misses it, 
you've off a chance of it going in and, and it was one of them, even though Sam Hall still claims that he's dead, he got a touch. <laughs> <laughs> but it was great and it it was it was one of them. I didn't really realise what it meant to everybody till after the game. Obviously I knew go and play Man United, but if I'd played against before and I'd played in big games, so it was it wasn't until sort of the flags came on the pitch and just seeing the reaction of the fans, it was it was just amazing. It really was. Just to know that you'd help sort of bring something like that to the town. It was great. And the dressing room after was it was just lively. But then see, just the whole build up the play Man United, you just knew what it meant to the place. It was it was great. Yeah, I remember that that game because unfortunately the, the club sold my dad's seat twice. So we turned up and that ended up watching from the director's chairs. Um, over in the West End. Um, I don't know exactly who he was sat next to. I can't remember. But I remember him being quite excited by the fact that he was basically surrounded by people like Bobby Charlton and and all these great oh, big names. That well in the end, didn't Yeah, he did. And yeah, I, I had to sit there in the East End next to somebody that I didn't have a clue who it was and, and, and enjoy the game, so to speak, from uh, all on my own. <laughs> but I mean, that, that game, I mean, I've watched it back a couple of times. We all kind of remember as Cobblers fans the game fondly for the one moment which was Harp saving the penalty from Diego Forlan but the rest of the game is more or less remembered for Ronaldo falling over I think and and I think if I'm right did did Rico hit the bar yeah yeah he did I think it was quite early in the second half maybe when it was 1-0 I think we had a we had a spell just after half time where if we could have got one, you'd, you'd never know. But yeah, it, it was it was a great day. See, it was great, great for Hobbs, especially uh, that save. Uh, but again, okay, I would just like to Ronaldo. It was just, I'd never played against anybody like it in my whole life. It was absolutely frightening. Do you think at the time that he'd have gone on to have the success he has? Not really, because what he's done is only him and Messi done it, so you don't think, oh, but yeah, I remember the time thinking I've never played against anybody. As I say, I'd, I'd played in Premier League, England schoolboys, 21s, and I'd never ever come across anybody like it. And it was, it, it's good to have played against him and know how good he is. And I see, I'd played against him when he was sort of probably still diving about, a bit skinny, but yeah, it was just an absolute. Privilege and say I say it everybody is the only player I've ever been on the pitch with where I thought there's absolutely nothing I could do to be anywhere near as good as you. It was frightening. I remember going to kick him by the time I pulled my leg back, he gone past us. It was like because <laughs> you see him on the TV doing all these little tricks and you think, Go kick him, man, kick him. And by the time you see him, by the time you pulled your leg back, he gone. It's superb. Well, there'll be those, I'm sure, reflecting on the game, making comparisons between Ronaldo and George Best. He's got a bit to do to get to uh, those sort of standards, but uh, he's got time on his side. And if he'd had George's uh, single-mindedness in front of the goal, he'd have certainly he wouldn't have got six, I'm sure, but he would have got a couple for himself today. I think we give it a go. At the time, like, as you see, you, you maybe just look back in a bit rose tinted glasses, but I'm sure we did at spells. We were in it, and we had, we had a bit of a go. To be fair, I remember thinking that it, it, it was an unfortunate first goal, 
really, if that hadn't happened, then then who knows? You know, it's it, games like that. I think always they it's the first goal that changes them, isn't it? And makes yeah. them you know turn out the way that they do. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, but as I say, we had that spell after half time where if we'd have got one, you never know. But then teams like Man United say they did that. They had some real quality. They, they maybe just could have hoped it again. That's the thing. But it didn't seem like a three 0 I think we done ourselves. So I'm proud on the day. Martin Smith, primarily on the left-hand side, but he's the joker in the pack. He's had some Premiership experience with Sunderland. If you remember, as a young Sunderland player, the, uh, the fans up at Roker Park in those days used to call him the son of Pele. <laughs> now, if he gets a winner today, he'll be the real Pele, I think. How was the mood in the dressing room afterwards? Because I, I imagine that if it had been like a normal league game and you'd suffered a 3-0 home defeat, that, that can't be a, a happy dressing room to go back no. into. But losing to Man United in the fourth round of the FA Cup isn't really anything to, to cry about. So w- was it slightly different? Yeah, it was. As I say, it wasn't a sombre. Obviously, you're disappointed, but it wasn't say that the manager wasn't going around pointing people in people's faces and you should have done this, you should have done that. It wasn't one of them. You knew you weren't going to go in and get a get a telling off. So we sort of did ourselves justice. Might have been different on another day, but it was one of them just people trying to get shirts at the time. I remember. I'm not sure. We've got Ronaldo's. It must be worth a fair bob now, though. Yeah, it's probably the one that you're uh, you're happy you got. I got Roy Keane's, even though he didn't play. I managed to get Roy Keane's. Was that who you wanted? Yeah, it was. Uh, I knew Tony Courtney was the goalkeeper coach. So I asked him, will you, will you get it? So he, he went in the dressing room and brought it for us. So it's a, a nice momentum. Well, let's fast forward then to the end of that season. Playoffs, Mansfield. It's been talked about before. Um, I, I, when I spoke to Chris Hargreaves, he still hasn't forgiven the referee. Um, Phil Crossley. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, I don't like to mention it. It's like swearing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Talk us through your your feelings, Smudger, on that that day. It was a, such a disappointment for me because a few days before the first leg, I got food poisoning and I was ill. And I remember the first game, I just I didn't perform at all, and the result was there. And, but again. We didn't think that we were out and going up there. It was all it was always going to be on that first goal. And the first one I think I put the, the free kick in for Rico. And it was and you just that momentum was there for us. And then I come out after half time and, and scored and we were we were ahead and just felt like we had enough to hold on. And then it was late in the game. Eric Sabins touched it past the guy who ends up scoring who'd been booked referee blows everybody's thinking right free kick get him boot get him off and he decides he's giving it to them for Eric diving and it's free kick up drops the edge of the box and the voice goes and say yeah, just absolutely staggering just you, you couldn't believe it and then even in extra time I think it was end of extra time or end of normal time shoot Derek went down in the box which looked a real Big shout for a penalty. He didn't get it, and it was it was hard to take in the days. It even again now people think, oh, when you still get up, but it does. It hurts. It, and I remember going kicking on his door after, like saying, "You effing enjoy your summer because I'll not get over this to the referee." You know, it was it was staggering. Again, I mean, people swear you should have won on penalties, and again we we scored four out of five. We scored four five penalties. Normally, you've got a a good chance, and they managed to score all five. 
which is say just hurt. And what made it worse was they went into the final. And I think well, why it went to penalties, I think they scored two. If they scored two, might have only been one and got beaten penalties in the final. And you just think, but yeah, just just one of them decisions. You just won again. If we'd have went up that first year, what it might have led to, but no, just <laughs> I think you can tell five few points. It still hurts. It does they say the decision was just staggering? Was Eric known as a as a bit of a diver? I, I don't seem to remember him being that bad. It go down easy, Eric. Yeah, yeah. But it it was a free kick. That was the thing. It, it was. And the lad, they say the lad went flying into him, and I think it, it was going to be played through, wasn't he, Eric? It, it's not like in the, he was, it was, a, it was a boot, and he was off. Yeah, it hurt, and then I remember me and Trolley were standing in the thing together, and we both, Eric was a good striker, and he had a lot of good aspects to his game, but striking the ball off the deck wasn't one of them, and we just looked at each other, but I think we both just in each other's eyes just knew he was going to be the one. Mm. Who was it that chose the penalty takers? Was it between yourselves or did Colin go round? I think, I think, at the t- yeah, I think we, we had been practicing them, but again, never, I can never replicate it. I just said, I'm sure I went third. I think what always makes it worse as well was every other year we'd have went through and away goals, you know, so it's like everything that could have went against us did. Say it was, was a 3 1, so we'd have went away, through and away goals every other year. Hello, it's Danny here and I just wanted to thank you for listening to It's All Cobblers To Me and to tell you how you can help support the podcast. Every week I badger Charles to play Name That Bench every single time or to talk about Sam Hoskins' goal at Tranmere for the whole hour, meaning editing is a lot more challenging than squeezing Richard Hope into an all-time Cobblers 11. That's why we set up our own Patreon page. For just five US dollars a month, that's around four quid, you'll help to keep the podcast going and get your very own thank you jingle. So if you enjoy what we do and want to support us, head on over to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Now, back to the pod. How did you, as a team and as a player, pick yourself up for the next season? Because it's you often see teams, don't you? They, they make the playoffs one season, and then the next season they, they suffer that little bit of a hangover. But I mean, we were back in the playoffs again the next season. Yes, we finished one place lower in seventh. But it was another decent season, wasn't it? It was, yeah. Again, it just nearly, but not quite. Again, just a, another solid season, but just not quite quite getting it done. I think the start of the last year, you could sense the dressing room was just, it was a stronger dressing room. That second year, no, we, we played well. Just you say you look back, it's odd, the odd game here and there. It's disappointing to get to the playoffs. Well, it, as you say, a good attitude to go from not getting there the year before from losing the way we did the year before to, to, to get back and do it again but see ultimately it was uh, another disappointing one I'd sort of missed the end of the season I think with Armstrong I thought I was struggling with something and then I sort of got right I think we could sub the first leg and then second leg on the Thursday before we were just doing some finishing and I remember just running to put one in for Scott I'm sure it was Scott just like a normal cross and I just felt something in my calf and I was like, please don't. And the next day it was so on the Friday. And we, I think we travelled down on the Friday to wherever we were staying and we did a session and I was struggling. And just said, look, we'll have a fitness test tomorrow. So I went out with John Day and I said, Dixie, I said, I've, I've torn it, mate. I said, it's pulled. I said, nothing. 
just had a word with Colin who just said, look, just play, just get a game, make us, create us one chance. I said, yeah, if that's what you're at, I says, I'll do it. You know, I says, I think I'll be a passenger, which it turned out I was. I think if anybody who knew us could say I wasn't sort of right. I was playing with like a strap around my calf, which was just as tight as anything, just to try and stop any more bleeding than that in it. And I did, I, we created one chance for Kirky, but I don't think the keeper saved us, but again, it was just a, I think it was a nothing game, wasn't it? And then Freddie Eastwood got the goal, which probably summed us up against Southend most of my time there. They were always sort of scrappy games and they always seemed to nick it. So again, just, it was just another massive disappointment on the year before. I think that one was probably harder for me because it just two years in a row was, it was, it was difficult one. I think just to know that you'd come so close again, it was, it was massively disappointing. So what changed then in the, the next season? Because I often put it down to sort of saying, well, the following season, we, we had a bit more experience in the team, you know, players like Ian Taylor and, and Sean Dyche were there and maybe they were the, the, the key factor almost yeah definitely it was it was just a much stronger dressing room in terms of experienced of lads who've played at a real top level so it was Ian Taylor and Jess Daishi added with sort of myself Kirky Scott McLeish Josh Harps in goal I think Luke James had played a lot more games by then it was just a solid team it wasn't just the 11 who were playing it was a there was quite a few who could come in and you knew what you were going to get from them. You just knew like blokes, real blokes like uh, Tails and Daishi. You just knew what you are getting from them, just organisers and just everybody knew the game. They say that I think the amount of games we won late on just because you knew like, if we stay in this game, we might not be playing well this 20 minutes, but stay in it, we'll, we'll nick something. It was just that whole feel that we always knew we had enough in the dressing room. we get promoted that year. It wasn't maybe the most entertaining of seasons in terms of the games. When you look at the results, there were a lot of 1-0 wins or, or one-goal victories. But actually, when, you, when you're winning, that's, that's, you enjoy it regardless, don't you, I suppose? Yeah, we read stuff about how we were a bit boring, a bit negative at times. But we looked at the players who were in the, in the, tra- in the team and you just thought, like, we don't feel like we're that. We feel like we're solid. Everybody's doing the job. We've got... We know if we need a goal, we've got Scott McLeish, Kirky, who will nick so I'll, I'll create something for somebody. You just felt it was a solid team. You know, we I think there was games where we, we did blow a few teams away, but a lot of the time it was just right, get the job done. We knew we had enough to see with the lads at the back, they'd be solid and at some point we'd create something and somebody had score. And it was, that's just the way we felt. But I say, I remember Colin coming in for a bit criticism for the way set us up but we were always happy with the way we played so it was at the end of that season we'd got promotion eventually finally to league one and then colin was off to nottingham forest how did you and the rest of the dressing room feel when he announced to you that he was going he sort of told me beforehand because i was out of contract and i was torn with whether i was going to try and come back to the northeast because i was I, I knew my sort of time. I, th- I wasn't sure how long I had left, to be honest, because I had so many operations and I just felt it was maybe time to get back to the North East. If Colin had stayed, I think I probably would have. Um, and that was nothing against John Gormley. I met John. He was actually on holiday in Marbella that summer. So I'd met him and he was 
he was great. But Colin just, he did. He, I just says, what are you doing? I says, I've got decisions to make myself. And he says, I think I'll, I'll be off. So I was sort of always thinking I was, I was going to leave. Which, again, on the back of everything that had gone before and, and finally getting to League One, I can imagine people are probably think it was strange, but I see, I just had the thing I wouldn't show how long I had left. And I, my time had been, there had been so good, I thought, if I can get home now, leave here on a high, you know, go go out and save me, me last year or two in the non-fees, which turned out was only probably there a year anyway. But it was, it was, it was difficult because everything we'd sort of built but as I said before, if we'd have gone up a year or two earlier, you just don't know what would have happened. You know, that was the, that was the thing. I think at the time the chairman was sort of getting a bit, he wasn't sure, I think, how much he was going to keep putting in. So you weren't sure who was going to come in, who was going to leave. Was it going to be going into League One and it's going to be a struggle? So, say, Colin's sort of decision made my mind up in a way. That's made me even more upset now, the fact that Colin <laughs> <laughs> I just remember at the time sort of being like, oh no, how can he how can he possibly leave? But of course, Nottingham Forest are a huge club in comparison. Yeah. Uh, maybe not in the position that they should have been at the time. But I mean, you, you can't really begrudge him. And at the end of the day, it is a job, isn't it, for for footballers and managers? Yeah, it is. It is. But for me, I was always if I was happy somewhere. I'd stay, I'd say I never asked to leave a club. I always saw my contracts out and if I was happy somewhere, I, I just got on with it. But again, it comes to the end of the season and that's when you have the decisions to make. You know, Again, you don't know. Say Colin might have had chats with the chairman who just says, well, he's not getting that, he's not getting that, he's going to have to go. You know what I mean? So he might have had his mind made up by conversations he had with the chairman. How did that squad compare to the other teams that you'd played in, at, at, say, Sunderland and Sheffield United and Huddersfield? Yeah, I mean, I played in some really good teams at Sunderland, but in terms of that squad that we had, if we'd have gone up, stuck together and added one or two, I think we could have been more than competitive in League One. And again, if, if we'd have gone up maybe the year earlier, I've no doubt we could have done something in League One. Yeah, I mean, the players that we had in that dressing room that actually got promoted obviously the legs in, the, in, a, in a few of us weren't what they used to be but I think we would have had enough if we'd have gone up to to definitely do something as I say that the players that were there were, were good players I'd say sort of with the Sheffield United and others fields the players were certainly as good as what was there obviously just that little bit older but you could see there was there'd been quality players What was your favourite memory of playing for the Cobblers Martin? I'd love getting carried off the pitch when we'd got promoted at last. <laughs> that, was, that was that was brilliant. Probably because I was tired, it was nice to get carried off. <laughs> but no, it was sort of the end of that season that I, I felt I'd played a real part in something sort of special. I, I think four or five of the games I've, I've felt Oxford away, Peterborough away when we won 1 0. I loved the Peterborough game. It was one of them games where I felt I played really well in it. Derby game that we needed to win so that was special it was one of them games where I just I felt they had about five seconds more on the ball and the pitch than everybody else for whatever reason that was great because that's a game that really matters you know so that was great and a random one Boston away when we won 1-0 on an absolute quagmire I had a game that just sticks in my mind perceivably flash Harry I was managed to do it on a on a cow field so that was <laughs> 
that was nice. But say that there's there was there a few down there. Say there's games where people probably think you haven't played as well as you can, but certain games I know to, like the random one at Torquay away that probably just slips by everybody, but you sort of get more credit when you score goals. And sometimes you haven't played as well, but then there'll be games that say where even though you haven't scored, you know you've contributed to a big win. So say there's a there's a few. Nothing but happy memories. Was there a favourite goal at all in there? I mean the the one that the big one is say the Rotherham one, but it wasn't really a good, good goal <laughs> apart from what it meant. But I scored a, a half volley from wide, but I think that was against Boston. So I come back out from a call and I just struck it more folly straight back across. Yeah, see all around happy memories. Apart from that first three months, it was uh, just really happy. I ended up going and made the effort to come out to Marbet soon. Mate. <laughs> One question that I know uh, my co-host Neil would never forgive me for not asking you is whether you're able to open a jar of pickles with your left foot. <laughs> I've never travelled up the kind of beans. <laughs> and that's it for this episode of Memory Lane. Thanks to Martin Smith for joining me. I do hope you enjoyed reminiscing and going back to the time when that football genius graced the Sixfields turf. Anyway, we'll be back with more It's All Coppers to Me on Tuesday with our regular pod. And next week's Memory Lane is with Hotel Enders fanzine producer Mark Kennedy. So looking forward to that one. Don't forget you can support us on Patreon. Just go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me or visit our website cobblers to me.com for all our cobblers related content. Uh, that's it. I'll see you on Tuesday. Goodbye. Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers to Me fan club. Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.